Alright, so it was a commercial on Nickelodeon. There was a bunch of guys at the beach, and they all had their knees buried in sand up to their... up to the knees. Their legs buried in sand up to the knees. And then they were basically doing, like, sit-up stand-ups, because their knees were buried, and they said, We must straighten our knees. Straightening our knees for ha. We must straighten our knees. Straightening our knees for ha. Everybody, welcome to the CG Improv Podcast. I'm Julia, and I'm here with Dan Russell. Dan, say hi. Hello. How are you today, Dan? I am fine. How um, are you, Julia? I'm pretty good. Good. We just came from a great rehearsal in which we practiced some musical improv, and it was pretty silly. So I'm in a silly mood, and my cat is already being a pain in the ass. So Greg's gonna knock him off or whatever. Um. So, uh, Dan, you have the honor of editing these podcasts, so you've heard them all. Um, also, why don't you talk about, why don't you start by talking about some of the other things you do for CT and how you first came to be in it? Okay. That's a lot at once. <laughs> pick, um, which, pick which parts you would like. I don't edit these, actually. You would do the editing. I just listen to them before I post them on the website. That's part of what I do. As I am uh, you're my, sort of the IT department for CT Improv. Yeah, you're like my conscience edit. If right. there's something horrible, you would tell me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I would break it to you slowly that, you know, it just wasn't right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like uh, like Neil Casey at UCB, I do the website for CT Improv uh, and a lot of internet marketing like I do at my real job. Mm-hmm. Um, things like Facebook and Twitter and things like that. Which is at, your real job is at Charter Oak State College. That's correct. That's right. Charter Oak Day to you. <laughs> Finish your degree online. Oh, man. So let's talk about the inception of e- uh, of CT. I was going to say E.T. Of E.T.? <laughs> yeah, how do you think E.T. was born? Uh, it, was, it was planted in <laughs> Steven Spielberg's mind <laughs> by a previous movie he did, also about aliens. Okay. Uh, the inception of CT Improv. Yeah. Um, well, uh, as was covered in Vlad's podcast, uh, mm-hmm. we, we met at a play on acting studio in Farmington taking classes with Matt Newfeld, who was CT Improv's first collective instructor. Uh, we took classes there together in 2008, or it might have been like January of 2009. I think we started in 2008. Um, we took classes together. Saw John there pretty regularly, and then you guys all started up at Hartford Stage, and I wasn't around for that first round mm-hmm. of classes. Yeah, where were you? Uh, I don't know. Actually, I wasn't there either. I was living in New York. That was my last little hurrah in New York. Um, it was Greg, Kate, and Summer who started together. Um, so how did you first get interested in improv itself? Why did you sign up for the play-on classes? Uh, well, I've always been a big fan of comedy mm-hmm. in general, um, and I thought I wanted to do stand-up comedy. Ooh. I did. I really thought I did. Um, and there was this moment, uh, I, so this is going to seem like an aside, a non-sequitur, but really, it will relate. I know all the words to Triumph by the Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to recite them all here, um... I'm not going to go Socrates philosophies all the way to Rod Strickland, but uh, I will say that I do know all the words. And uh, 
a lot of my friends know this. And it, we were at City Steam, actually, which is another interesting point, which is really? where our, kind of our home base as CT Improv. We were at City Steam Brewery for a friend's birthday, and he kind of pimped me into going up and basically doing karaoke karaoke version of this. There's no karaoke version of the song, but I just kind of rapped over the uh, the song. And uh, I was up in front of a bunch of my friends and a bunch of, like, other random people in the bar. And I, like, I kind of liked the attention or whatever it was. Something about, like, getting a, a crowd going and um, people were really into it. And it was, like, kind of funny because it's, it's a silly thing, too. So I liked making people laugh and getting people into something. And after that day, I decided that I kind of I wanted to perform some kind of performance where I was on stage. And I thought that that would be stand-up. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big fan of um, these sort of intellectual uh, alternative comics like David Cross and Patton Oswalt. And I could never hope to write that kind of material. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to a lot of open mics after this happened, after I had this like epiphany, like, I want to do this. Uh, I was going to open mics at Sweet Jane's on uh-huh. Pratt Street Did you in see Hartford. Joe? I, I think I saw Joe at Shays oh in Vernon, God. another place I went to. Or actually, it's in Manchester, Shays in Manchester. But I don't uh, remember him. <laughs> it's because of his goatee. Yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> he was disguised as Evil Joe at the time, so I didn't recognize him. But I think because of the... Because of the, the we talked about this a lot, about the comics that were around at the time, like uh, Dr... I mean, these guys are still around, but like uh, Dr. Jay Sute and Pat Oates and... Uh, Jerry Woolley and these guys I would see all the time and Joe was saying he was on you know with the local circuit at the same time there's like no way I didn't see him Mm -hmm. but uh, I don't remember exactly you know seeing his material or anything but I probably did see him before I knew him Um, so I I did that for a while I tried to write material I had a little you know I had a text file on my computer that would open up and it was called you know material or whatever (laughs) I would add to it every once in a while I had these really bad jokes didn't go anywhere I didn't have any kind of point of view you know I was kind of had these expectations for myself that I just wasn't going to get into but I still wanted to do something so I needed a lot less pressure and I looked into improv comedy uh, for that and I looked up to see what places in Connecticut were offering classes and I found Play on Acting Studio and I remember I have the email still I have every email ever pretty much I have the email still that I sent to Play on Acting Studio you know saying you know I'd like to get into improv it seems like it's right for me and all this stuff and I had looked up the concept of yes and on the <laughs> internet and uh, then I ended up taking those classes cool alright so fast forward to Flying Blind 2 which is when you appeared right? Yes. Okay. So, do you remember? Do you remember those early classes and meeting everybody? And yes, I do. I mean, my memory is spotty for things for <laughs> things like that. But I do actually remember meeting all you guys, and I still have this impression of that first day. Something about like trying to remember all your names right away and like associate your faces with like the way you were acting and things like that. Um, yeah, I definitely remember all you guys from that first class. <laughs> Summer and I, probably our first bonding mm-hmm. was I know where this that, is going. yeah, we didn't know which one of you was Dan and which one of you was John. It's like <laughs> the two most it's funny <laughs> basic yeah, names. And I mean, now it is amazing because you're so unbelievably different. Well, and we both have beards thing. and, yeah. uh, yeah, but oh man, I we used to ask. We both each probably other, know all the words to triumph from the Lieutenant Clan. You definitely do. I mean, that's got to be a fact. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I don't know if uh, John is. 
Vlad is. Uh, it's it's shot to hell. Man. Yeah, it's all gone. I believe the we discussed on gone. John's his multiple names. Well, if we didn't, John and Vlad are the same person. Yes, Vladimir John Perez is yeah. into the Wu Tang Clan. He probably does know all the words. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. So then we did. Let's just talk through it. Then we did. Um, the long form class. Harold. Right? Harold who? Harold who? Yep. With Matt and did you know it? Did you did you enjoy the Herald at that time? I remember it being something really difficult and confusing, and it always felt like a failure. Yes, it felt very overwhelming. The fact that we were trying to learn at the same time in just one class, a, a structured Herald and an unstructured Herald, and what those things meant. And we were also mixed in with a bunch of other people. Um, it was very overwhelming. Like when you consider that UCB will teach the Herald over four or more a series year, of classes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was, it was ambitious for us to try to do that. I think we had the basic structure of the three beats group games and that kind of thing, but it was never, it never felt right. Yeah. Isn't it amazing how, I mean, I still remember that scene where we were milking John, you know? I, I don't. Show. Oh, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Oh, when he was the singing like, cow. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course. It's yeah, sometimes yeah. the best and the weirdest scenes just stick like glue. Okay, mm-hmm. so then we did Fine Line 3, and then we started, and that was really when CT was together alone for the first time, and then you are the one who suggested that we rehearse on our own, and you got us a space at Charter Oak where you work. Yep, luckily the uh, conference room after hours isn't always used, and we were able to yeah. filter in there. So, yeah, I just thought we we had some something that should keep going on beyond the classes. I think that last class, we kind of petitioned for that class to be created just for, an, to have, for us to have an excuse to hang out together and do more improv. Yeah. And I don't think any of us wanted to pay for another class at that point. <laughs> we had learned what oh we wanted God. to learn as far as short form, and we were willing to train ourselves and learn more things together after that and uh yeah it was a it was a good group we had going from there yeah so why do you think this is kind of a larger question but Mm -hmm. why do you think ct happened it seems to me looking back that there were a lot of kind of magical or very helpful coincidental elements to it that all of us were able to commit a lot of time and we all kind of wanted the same thing you know, have you ever thought about that? We were all a bunch of broken people with <laughs> gaping holes in our lives that we needed fulfilled with uh, constant reassurement. Do you think that's true? I don't know. Um, there's got to be a little bit of that, right? I yeah. Mean, I mean, I had just... I mean, you, the history of these podcasts is probably the best way to go through it. But, I mean, I had just moved here, so I was really lonely. Greg was looking for something outside of his... Mm-hmm. corporate job i don't, I don't know yeah i mean i, I think do. that i think that is it i think it's that not that you know we really were broken people and had <laughs> problems suicidal. to solve but <laughs> we all had a little bit more to offer than the world was giving us a chance to show mm. uh and this was that outlet you know yeah so did you ever try stand-up no i never tried it once wow and I probably should have. That's a really disappointing thing. That's a bucket list thing, I guess. Well, you still can. Yeah, I, I can. And now that I now that I have a lot of stage confidence, I think I could. Actually, this uh, I, I went to, was at a Jack and Jill 
for my friend. If, you, if you're listening from out of state, apparently Jack and Jill is a regional term. This is new to me, but <laughs> it's a combined bachelor bachelorette party. And uh, I had to run the raffle, uh, raffling off prizes. And I kind of did a one-man improv show mm-hmm. where I was just riffing on the prizes and things like that. And I wouldn't call it stand-up, but it was me up there. Uh, kind of making stuff up on the spot and that, that kind of confidence to know that if I did have material, I could riff my way around it mm-hmm. and uh, go from spot to spot. Like Joe always says that about his stand up that a big part of it was just playing with the crowd, that yeah. he had like a few jokes and that he would go, uh, you know, off the top of the head and mm-hmm. improvise a lot of it. So I think that I could give it a shot if I ever actually wrote some material that I felt was worthy. Have you ever considered doing acting work? I have done acting work. Maybe you've seen my Dunkin' Donuts commercial. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Care to a, describe? <laughs> I was in a Dunkin' Donuts commercial this summer for uh, iced coffee where I say it's perfection in a cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people that I already know have recognized me being in this commercial. I'll have you know. <laughs> and uh, I am also in a pilot for a show called Royal Comics. Mm-hmm. Um but that said, I mean, I'm, when I've been doing these things, I take it seriously. Yeah. And I, and I, I want to try to be able to do this well, both to, you know, hopefully do more of it and just to, you know, get paid for doing a good job. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't really take acting seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't believe that I could be an actor. I, don't, I haven't had any training in it. I don't think I'm doing it right. I look at, I, I look at the stuff I've done. And I think Royal Comics is going to be something interesting and to, to be seen. But I don't know that. I look at myself and I say, am I really doing this right? You know? Yeah. Yeah, I feel that way too. I don't know what I'm doing in Royal Comics, which I am also in, dear listeners. Um, so, we'll yeah, we'll see what happens. I hope we shoot more of it. I, I feel like it's just an extended version of our already existing personalities with maybe the exception of one or two people. Yeah. But, I mean that I kind of get to play myself in that, you know. <laughs> but in a way that's a really good thing, you know, yeah. that you can be confident and relaxed in, in the role rather than feeling like you have to put it on something you have to put on you like a hat. Right. <laughs> um, okay. So, all right. So CT started and God, how long has it been like three years? Since two CT started. Yeah, two and a half. Two and a half. I always like to advance to the next <laughs> mile. Get the podcast current. <laughs> oh, God, By the time yeah. it gets up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's vaguely between two and three years. Yeah. Um, so how do you, how's it going? How do you like it? I like it a lot. I really am <laughs> proud of, the, of what we've accomplished and the things we've done. We, I mean, every once in a while I take a, you take time to reflect and think of how many people have been touched by what you've done in some way, have seen mm-hmm. a show, have been a student of the classes you've taught, um, any of that stuff. What have been some of your favorite gigs? Oh, jeez. I mean, you've put together a lot of really neat gigs for us. Um, the fundraiser for your friend. <laughs> yeah, that that was a well-intentioned thing. That was a really tough scene mm-hmm. when we got there. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, but even the idea. Of- I don't know why you brought that up when you think of <laughs> what my favorite gigs might have been. That was a really tough one. That was well, a hard, problematic gig. <laughs> I know. I shouldn't have brought that up. Let me let me bring up the top five gigs that we'll, that we were yeah, stressed yeah. at. It. No, but I mean um, that you've brought us some, you know, kind of unusual business. You know, fundraisers for people mm-hmm. or 
you know, engagement parties. When, I mean, that's just what I think of when you say people have been, like, touched by our improv. Yeah. We've really been able to extend our improv into people's lives rather than laying back as a theater or a kind of something alongside the stand-up scene, which is something I really like. Yeah, you're right. Like, that engagement party um, for my friend uh, Danny, who's getting married in two weeks, actually. Um <laughs> That was something where we actually went out to their place and we were outside, which I mean, those are two interesting things already, you know, mm-hmm. out, out call to somebody's house and yeah. uh, to be outdoors and have to kind of raise your voice above just outdoor sounds. But that, I think we were able to, it's, it's always interesting with a, a, a party because, you know, half the people there don't know what's going on. They didn't yeah. sign up to see an improv show. You have an improv show, you advertise a show, you sell tickets, or you have free admission. People know what they're getting into walking through the door. But at something like that, you have to sell them on the entire idea of entertainment sometimes. Yeah. Some people would just not even want to do that. And that can be, you know, adversarial. But uh, that that was a fun gig. Yeah. Um, what would you say is your favorite if you had to name one favorite gig? One favorite gig. Man. It's it, they're like a blur now. There's just been so many. I, know. Uh, I don't know. I can't. I can't say that. I think my favorite gig was the first Hartford Children's Theater show. Yeah, you know, actually, the, the most recent one that I I hosted. It, yeah, I feel like that that went really well. It's um, a it's such a great stage. Yeah, you know. Oh, and this isn't really CT, but our Mosquito Sunset show at the Improv, Improv Jam. Jam. About a musical, a little, like a weird semi-musical about pirates that was only like nine minutes long. That was also really good. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that, something about that felt really good. It was just really punchy. Yeah. We got in, somehow pulled it off to where I think we wowed some people. <laughs> and then we just kind of scrammed like it was <laughs> we something we do all the time. We yeah. one song and then we're like, oh, you're laughing? The end. Yeah. <laughs> that was the, uh, the three Fs we were always taught. Fast, funny, and get the... Oh, yeah. Get the fuck out of there. there. You can say it. It's okay. I call my cat an asshole in the first four seconds. It means I'm going to have to mark this one as explicit on iTunes. Oh, my God. I listen to them all, and I have to mark them explicit or... How many of them are explicit? Uh, I think three are explicit. Oh, my God. It wasn't Summer. She talks about Disney characters. It wasn't (laughs) that one. It could be the one where Laura and I argue about American Girl dolls. I think it was Laura's, maybe Joe and Vlad. Maybe Kate. I don't I'm know. not sure, but I have to mark them as explicit just in case any children children get it. Yeah, are into improv. Won't someone please think of the children. <laughs> okay, wow. So what what do you think? Um, what do you think? Like some of the big CT goals are for the next couple of years. Well, yeah. This is a big spoiler. Maybe. Go ahead, spoil away. I think we're very close. To getting our own space, mm-hmm. opening a theater, a place where we can have regular performances of our own and uh, be a hub for Connecticut Improv, reach out to all mm-hmm. these groups, don't have a place to play regularly, and hopefully have a place where people know they can go to see quality improv. They can see Mobius mm-hmm. and Off the Cuff and these improv groups from around mm-hmm. the area that need and to parachute. get out. And Parachute. And Parachute. Yeah. The, actually, that brings up a great thing. I mean, you've always been really into the improv community in Connecticut. You run the Connecticut Improv page on Facebook, and it's since day one seemed to be, you know, 
something that you've really put a lot of passion and time into. Why? Why do you think that's important? Um, I don't know that I ever had the thought that we would need to build in a fan base, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, I just kind of thought that improv was a community thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like there was there were th- always things to learn from other people that if you weren't seeing improv, you wouldn't know what to do or what to be inspired by. I remember early on when I was still taking classes at Play and Acting Studio, I was going to see Free Lunch do shows at Zen Bar, and they were blowing my mind. They were doing these really tight montages. Now, the montage, we like we kind of joke about it sometimes as kind of a, you know, a simple format. Mm-hmm. But it's because- really hard. Well, I'm not going to speak to its difficulty, okay. but I will say that they did it really well. Mm-hmm. They had fun, and they brought, they did a great job of bringing back characters and themes. And they were ex- they were doing things like exploring the idea of second beats, you know, bringing back a theme with uh, analogous ideas, and and they would almost always end with what would be like a Harold's third beat, mm-hmm. some big you know conglomeration of it all, the the last five minutes of Seinfeld or whatever that kind of thing. They would tie it up really well. They'd end in, like, give them a hot spot sometimes because it just it was they were inspired by it. Um, and just seeing that kind of stuff made me want to get up on stage right away mm. and do something that was – to try to be close to that. It's very inspiring. And I think if you're not seeing improv, if you're not going out and getting in the community and just seeing what's out there, you are living in an improv bubble. Yeah. And that's a bad thing. Yeah. One of my favorite things about it has always been how – how much of a group activity it is, both within the group and with the audience. You know, you can't, it's really not something you can do alone or even have that specific of a perspective on alone or else, you know, it's just you. That's the big difference between that and stand-up where stand-up comedian is largely, you know, kind of putting out their point of view and that's it, you know, which, I mean, I love some stand-up. So let's talk about comedians you love. You love Mm -hmm. Patton Oswalt. Yes. So do I. Do you want to say anything about that? About Patton Oswalt? Yeah. Why is he so great? He, you know, I'm going to get like meta on this because I've (laughs) I've heard him talk about, you know, what he likes out of a comic and what he he likes out of like up and coming comics. Like I said before, like a point of view, you know, people who know what they're talking about. And I've seen Patton Oswalt now through different stages of his life. And he, t- he talks about this too. I've heard him on a podcast recently talking about this, about how he didn't know who he was back when he was still, you know, he's getting these specials and being on TV and he doesn't even know who he is then. Mm-hmm. But there's, you know, the, there's Pat Oswalt, the critic where it's pop culture is so freaking silly, you know, and a lot of, a lot of comics in that vein go that way. Um, and I, I recently saw him, he hasn't put this material out yet. I think it's on his upcoming CD, but uh, I saw him at Caroline's with Marta and uh, it was a birthday present. Aww. And uh, he, his new material is, you know, what it's like to be a parent. Mm. And that's something that's a new phase in his life. And he would be a bad comedian, especially in his eyes, if he wasn't doing material about this. If mm-hmm. he was still riffing on, you know, isn't it crazy that silly bands were popular or whatever mm-hmm. those things are. Is that what they're called? Silly bands? Is that right? I know. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> you know, if he, if he was still doing that, if he was still, you know, Glenn Beck's on TV, if he was still doing that material now that he has this real truth and comedy kind of thing to draw from mm-hmm. you know he he was talking he even in his material he was referencing himself saying you know he used to rag on people 
who would leave the house in sweatpants because they weren't trying. And mm-hmm. now he understands as a parent that, you know, that's all you have time for. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I think that I, I've seen him be true to himself throughout, through comedy. And he's also just, he's just whip smart. He's, he's yeah. got a great lexicon. He's not afraid to use it. He seems, yeah. I mean, I've heard his stuff about being Ratatouille and, you know, his effect on like children knowing who he is and how freaky that is. And he just seems like a really (laughs) wonderful person, which is not any reason to like anyone as a comic, but it really infuses his comedy with, you know, like Uh, a sincerity. I'm going to respectfully disagree here. What? Well, you say he seems like a wonderful person, but I think what he presents himself as he presents the worst of himself and jokes about it. Yeah. But, but yeah, he's saying like, this is the worst of myself. But this is as bad as it gets. Like he's not the worst of himself. Is still a pretty, a pretty good person. I, I guess I say. see him more as a nerd rogue than a, lo- <laughs> than a lovable guy. As you okay. Might. Well, I love nerds, so maybe that's what's happening here. Um, and you also mentioned David Cross, yeah, who's super weird and great. Yes. Um, so is there anyone else that you you think has been a big had a big impact on you? Um, I mean, I, I really consumed a lot of stand-up comedy mm-hmm. through my high school, college years. I remember just having Comedy Central on in mm-hmm. college and watching. It used to be just stand-up after stand-up, you know, and there'd be the old SNLs from the 80s mm-hmm. and Billy Crystal and Christopher Guest doing their routine about mm-hmm. like this pain they'd inflict on each other over and over again and I, I just comedy in general I mean I watched The Simpsons I've, I think I've probably seen every episode of the first 10 seasons maybe 10 times each yeah how long has it been on 23 years now it's still going it's yeah years. yeah crazy yeah yeah I, The Simpsons are a huge influence for me uh, that kind of comedy I mean it, it, it's not just stand up that I've had that influence me but as far as stand ups you know I mean I listen to Mitch Hedberg constantly. I had, mm. I've had jobs, desk jobs where I've been able to listen to music and I've been just, I, had, I would be coding and listening to stand up over and over again. I listened to all of Chris Rock's CDs over and over again. All this, mm. all of his specials, Eddie Murphy, raw, Eddie Murphy, delirious, Stephen Wright live, like all of these things to, to where I know some of the bits, you know, back and forth. And it's just, I have a lot of influences <laughs> there. Yeah, you. See, I mean, one thing we joke about in CT that maybe the general public should know about is that we. Uh, it is my impression that you know everything. <laughs> that, <laughs> that you you true. have a, a really huge level of detailed knowledge about a lot of things, including stand up. It seems like you know, or you know what? Maybe it is that you love to research. You know, every time we talk about something, you follow up with an email or a conversation or, you know, you just seem to love information. And I, I, I bet that's really good for your improv. It seems like you probably have a lot of details and influences to draw from in that way. It is. It is good for the improv. It is to have those references and things like that. I mean, sometimes I feel like I might get too specific with things and, you know, as long as I hit two guys in the audience that get the, the reference or something, I'm not trying to be, I don't want to be Dennis Miller uh-huh. Making the reference, the very specific references. Maybe yeah. that even, maybe me talking about Dennis Miller right now is too specific <laughs> a reference for someone. Dennis Miller is a comedian known for his specific references. Um, 
but I, I yeah, it does. It definitely informs my improv, and I I do like to research. I mean, it's weird to call it research because it feels just like this, this constant con- consumption of knowledge is something I I kind of struggle with sometimes. Like I, I gotta separate like what's learning something and what's this constant stream of news. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, like I, I feel like I used to know more things, and now I just hear more news, and that's a different. That's a way different thing. But yeah, I'll be up late night. You'll see me. Camera camera pans in on me, <laughs> hunched over a computer. The screen's glowing. I got my mouth open. I'm kind of drooling. I'm just like clicking the mouse. And he, the camera whips around. It's a Wikipedia page. Like, That's not. Uh, I yeah. have been on Wikipedia a lot for my for a reason I won't get into, but it is just amazing. Have you ever read the Wikipedia page on Gumby? I have not. I recommend it. I recommend it, everyone. He has a fascinating history. Um, okay, well, we've been talking for a while. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get to the traditional part, which I hope you remember is going to happen. I don't. I've Where is, blocked it out. <laughs> you have to tell me <laughs> five like fun, random things about you that our fans will enjoy. Okay. And we haven't at all talked about your, you know, you before the age of, you know, about 25. So if you want to go into deep I don't exist stuff. in this current time of 48 <laughs> to 25. Um, Constant state of reinvention. <laughs> so, you know, five things. Five, five things. things. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is something every improv class, you have to always give, like, some fun facts. People may, <laughs> yeah, may not know prepared. about you. Um, well, this is, the, this is like a go-to. Uh, in the summer... After my freshman year of college, mm-hmm. but before my sophomore year of college, Ooh, that, that would be that summer, uh, I was a carny. <gasps> I forgot this one. I love this one. Yeah. I was a carny um, for a small carnival company that was based in <laughs> Connecticut. We mostly toured around <laughs> Connecticut, and we didn't do uh, week-long setups or anything like that, but we would stay for the weekend in various places, mostly in southwestern Fairfield County area. And what game did you run? Well, my specialty was the shoot out the star game where Ooh. you have a BB gun and you have to shoot a you have to shoot a red star out of a white piece of paper. The trick is for anyone going to a carnival in September <laughs> uh, is to shoot around the star and try to cut it out. It sounds like a cartoonish way to do it, using BBs to cut paper, but that's the only way you can do it. Because if you shoot at the star, you're just pushing the paper backwards, and that piece, little piece of red of the star will still be there, and you will not win your prize. I started out running the swings, the, the big swings. Oh, going. yeah. Oh, I used to love this. I ran them too long, and a lot of kids threw up. <laughs> On the swings? On the swings. You run it too long, they throw up. wimps. Yeah. So I had to be moved to the games. <laughs> so you're demoted. But I got to work on my, my barking, my midway bark. And cool. say, you know, call them over, step right up. Five bucks, 200 shots, or whatever it was. And okay, so that's one. You there, Hot Pockets, step right up. <laughs> hot Pockets. Win your lady a prize. I want to be called Hot Pockets someday. All right, what's number two? Uh, number two. Man. This is tough. I was I kicked out of college for a semester. Were you? Yeah. Care to say why? Uh, academic problems. <laughs> um, yeah, basically. That's what it was. Um, 
Yeah, I was at UConn, and I got the boot. I got the boot twice, actually. Man, oh, man. Yeah. Uh, first time I talked my way back in immediately. The second time I had to take a semester and go uh, go to MCC, Manchester oh. Community College, and earn my way back in. Do you think that earning your way back in made you more interested in learning? I don't know. It made me more determined to finish college. Hmm. Yeah, because you strike me as both a person who, A, loves to learn, as previously discussed three minutes ago, mm-hmm. and B, is very into finishing things you start. So I bet that was very formative for you. Yeah, That's my I guess. Think, I think it was, because I, I was working full-time at the same time I was going to community yeah. college. Yeah. Uh, man. <laughs> I once won a Muppet Babies coloring contest. <laughs> At a restaurant? No, no. This was, uh, I think the Hartford Current or the Journal Inquirer ran this contest. <laughs> oh, my God. This I had is a great color time. in a picture of Kermit the Frog, and I won <laughs> tickets to Muppet Babies Live at oh, the Civic Center. Oh, my God. And I, the trick was, here's the trick. <laughs> my mom told me this, to use colored pencils. Yes. Because they're way nicer looking. Colored pencils are badass, you guys. Totally, you guys. You guys. All you guys. <laughs> Um, yeah, crayons, crayons, as I like to call them, it's also a regional <laughs> thing, uh, they are sloppy looking at times, and a colored pencil is a classy touch, and I don't know how old I was, but I, I hope I was older, younger than like 10 or so, but yeah, I went yeah. to Muppet Babies Live on a free ride <laughs> oh for the coloring God. contest. That's an awesome one. Okay, two, you got two more. Oh man, you're killing me. Uh, I play baseball. Good one. I have played baseball probably most of my life. Uh, played Little League. I played Babe Ruth League, which is 13-year-old league. It's a regional thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I played in high school briefly. I was the third string catcher for the East Hartford Hornets <laughs> in high school. I had back problems, so I couldn't go any further. But now I play, and I have played for the last four or five years now, on an amateur wooden bat baseball team called the Vernon Hornets. We play in Rockville, which cool. is a part of Vernon. Oh, we still haven't gone to one of your games. That's oh, okay. Stupid on me. Last but not least, got one more. Last but not least, I am getting married. Yeah, you are. I am engaged to a beautiful woman, and we are getting married sometime in 2012. Hopefully, I haven't said it eight yet. <laughs> but we went on a great trip to Italy together, and hmm. we got engaged there. And we're going to be married soon. Yeah. 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 Was, was that a good it? five things? Yeah, that was perfect. Thank you. That's like, a, that's like a Craig Kilborn thing, right? Five things? I don't know. Did you rip this off? No. I like lists. Okay. Most of the internet likes lists. Yeah. Let's be honest. Thank you, Dan. I look forward to improvising with you very soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, thank you.